welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Before I get started on my sermon, I want to take a minute to honor our lead pastors, Pastor Rob and Becca, um, for blessing me with this opportunity, for trusting me, and just that the, the fact that they believe in, in our communicators all across our campuses. So I just want to say thank you to Pastor Rob and Becca. And then I also want to honor Pastor Mark and Jamie, our campus pastors. Come on, give it up for them. So I want to thank you, both of you, for believing in me. I want to thank you for um, encouraging me and for seeing something inside of me because you both saw something inside of me that I didn't even see in myself. So I want to thank you for speaking life into my life. And I appreciate you guys. Um, like I said, you guys look great. My name is Josiah. I'm one of the youth directors. Um, Isaac preached first sermon, or first service. Um, before we get started here, do you like who you're sitting next to this morning? Yeah? Well, I'm going to give you 20 seconds. If you want to change seats, go ahead and do it right now, all right? Kidding, kidding. Don't do that, especially if you're sitting next to your spouse. Not a good idea. Um, no, but seriously, God is going to meet you today, not at the level of my preparation. He's going to meet you at the level of your expectation this morning. Amen? I didn't come here to perform. I came to deliver the word. And whether the word is going to change you guys or not, it's, it doesn't come from what happens up here. It comes from what happens down there in your heart. So I want you to expect God to do amazing things. I want to raise the level of ex expectation this morning. I want you to expect that God is going to move. I want you to expect that joy is going to come this morning because of what happens down there in your heart, not up here. All right? So... Um, what we're going to do for the next 23 minutes and 37 seconds, I'm going to talk to you about joy. All right? So we're going to talk about joy. Uh, joy came to the world, not for a holiday, but for a lifetime. Don't put Jesus away until next year. So many times, right after Christmas, we put away everything. We pack up the nativity scene, pack up baby Jesus, and we put it away until next year. Don't pack it away. Don't pack joy away. Um, just the other day, my five-year-old son, Grayson, he was in the living room. Christmas is over. We had all of our presents. And he, here he is wrapping a present. And he's wrapping a present, and he gets it all wrapped. He tapes it up with probably a little bit too much tape. And he starts walking over to the Christmas tree. And with confidence in his voice, as he's walking over to the Christmas tree, he says, Christmas is coming back. <laughs> I'm here to tell you today, Christmas is coming back. We don't need to put joy away. We don't need to put Christmas away. We can have joy all year long. Amen? So we feel one way before Christmas and another after. Everyone is so nice before Christmas. They get along. They're just great. And then after Christmas, it's another story. Before Christmas... You get to a four-way stop, and people are waving you on. Oh, come on, you can go first. After Christmas, people are, they're not waving you on. They're giving you, they're telling you you're like number one with their finger or something. I'm not sure what that means, but, you know, I guess I'm number one. That's, that's what I take it as. Um, but that's what happens. People are ornery after Christmas. What is up with that? 
There's almost a command to be full of cheer in the Bible. It's a command. And in the holiday season, it's, it, it's almost a command as well. We bake more. We eat more. We buy more. We send out Christmas cards. We have office Christmas parties. We have plenty of activities for joy. It never runs short. It's so much opportunity to be joyful during the Christmas season. But what happens January to November? See, the question is, why doesn't it last? I mean, we spend enough money, right? Christmas Eve, we sing Silent Night, and it brings out tears, and warmth fills our whole body. The day after, we say, turn that stuff off. I've heard that like a hundred times. The tree looked great, and now it goes down, and Jesus gets put in the box until next year. Nothing changes faster, and everything goes on sale. And don't get me wrong, I love it. I'm not a Black Friday shopper, but this year... um, Christmas, uh, Christmas is over. The next day I had to go to Target for something. So I went to Target and I was like, well, I'm going to go look at the Christmas aisle. So I went there and everything is on sale, like 50% off. And I'm like, 50%, there's 50 reasons right there to buy that. <laughs> and so I got a few things and, and I was there early and I got a few things and I came home and Santa Claus came home because Courtney was happy because I got some Christmas decorations and we got a good deal on it. So don't get me wrong, I love the deals, but it seems like everything goes on sale right after Christmas. It's like, all right, Christmas is done. Let's move on to the next season. And if we're going to keep the joy, we need to move past Christmas to the cross. Amen? See, Christmas brings the joy. The cross seals the joy. You can't keep the joy of Christmas, but you can keep the joy of the cross. If you know Jesus as more than a holiday Jesus, more than a manger Jesus, and you really know him as your savior Jesus, you can hold the joy all year long and and know that joy comes in August too, not just December. It doesn't matter what month it is, joy is there all year round. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this time together, Lord. We just thank you that joy is on the forefront. We thank you, Lord, that... These will not be my words, but your words. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you just take over and run wild in this service, Lord. And I pray that the Holy Spirit just does a mighty work in our hearts and that lives are changed and joy comes forth. We know you've done it before and we pray that you do it again, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. See, things will try to steal your joy. Complaining, procrastination, gossip, comparison, living in the past, fear, unforgiveness, and so much more. That's life, right? You can't, you can't get away from that, but we need to rise above it. How do we keep joy all year round? I want to talk to you about three ways I believe we can do to make that happen. The first is this. You are in control of your joy. I'll say it one more time. You are in control of your joy. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives you generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Don't listen to others. Listen to God. It's not about what others say. It's not about what others do. It's about God. What does he say about you? People try to steal your joy all the time. What you need to realize is that you're the driver of the car. You control what you listen to, how loud it is. Other people don't control that because they're just a passenger. You're the driver. 
So you control what goes on. You control who's speaking into your life. You control how loud it is. If you don't like it, tell them to sit back in the back seat. Say, take a back seat because you're not in charge of me. And listen to God. Christmas doesn't need to be downplayed, but we, we can't keep the joy all year long from a baby being born, but we can keep it all year long from a Savior becoming our Lord and our eternal life joy bringer. Amen? He's our joy bringer. There are just as many trials as there are drinks at Caribou or Starbucks, just as many paint samples at Walmart, and just as many scam phone calls from people saying, I want another free vacation. Don't even get me started on that. The Holy Spirit needs to take over and step in on those phone calls before I meet the guy and lay hands on him. (laughs) And pray for him, of course. What do you think I meant? Pray for him. But in life, there's so many different trials, but we have to have joy through it all. See, there are trials associated with plenty, and there are trials associated with poverty. Being broke is a battle, but management of resources can test your character. Financial riches can create relational poverty if there isn't enough emotional maturity to steward what God has given you. Amen? See, there's single people trials and there's married people trials. And sometimes, I know I've said this before to God, God, can I take a different kind of trial? Give me that rich person trial. I'll I'll handle that one. I'll take that one on. But no, that's not how it works. Whatever trial you're in, whatever situation you're in, show up with joy. Say, I don't know what's going on. Whatever's going on, God, you're in control, but I'm going to have joy in it. And you're going to get me through it. I say all that to say this. Joy is a focus before it's a feeling. Joy is a focus before it's a feeling. You have to focus on joy. It's not just going to come because feelings come and go, but joy is a focus. You got to focus on the joy. Joy is not a feeling. It's a heart posture. What's inside of your heart? What's what's inside of your heart is what's going to come out. So joy is a heart posture. Joy is not a product of what people say about you. Joy doesn't come from greatness. It comes from gratitude. What are you grateful for? Are you grateful for the things in your life? You don't have to be grateful for the trials you're going through, but you can be grateful knowing that God is there for you. He's always been there for you, and he's going to bring you to the other side. Be grateful. If you don't know the difference between a temptation and a trial, you'll use the wrong tool on the trial. Because when tempted in the Bible, it teaches resistance. When you face trials, it teaches acceptance. Accept whatever you're going through and say, God, you're going to get me through it and I'm going to have joy in it. Sometimes we're accepting what we should resist and we're resisting what we should accept. Some people think that if you don't have Jesus, you don't have joy. But there's a lot of things I can enjoy without Jesus in my life. Chocolate cupcakes taste good whether I'm saved or not. (laughs) Cheesecake tastes good whether I'm saved or not. Chocolate chip cookies taste good whether I'm saved or not. I will enjoy it all day long. But here's the difference. 
The only difference with Jesus on your side is the quality of the joy becomes more important than the quantity of the joy. It's not about how many things you can enjoy in life. It's about who brings you joy. Who brings you joy? Is it the materialistic things in your life? Is it money, fame, or is it Jesus? The only one that can satisfy, the only one that can give you eternal life, the only one that can continue to give you joy all throughout your life. The other things will fade, but Jesus doesn't fade because Jesus is not a fad. He doesn't come and go. He sticks with you side by side every step of the way. See, it's very different to go through pain with purpose and pain without purpose. My kids jump on me all the time. No big deal. But if I'm not ready for it, it'll take me down. When Jesus died on the cross for you and I, he wasn't surprised by the 39 stripes across his back. He wasn't surprised by the crown of thorns on his head. He wasn't surprised by the nails that pierced his hands. He wasn't surprised by the shame or the pain or the suffering because he saw joy in front of him and he he knew that joy was going to come out on the other end. He wasn't surprised by all that because he was focused on joy because joy is a focus before it's a feeling. He was focused on the joy of that which was to come. The second thing I want to say is this. Do not compare joy. Don't do it. Comparison will destroy joy. For those of you that have Instagram, you know what Instagram is about. But for those of you who don't, Instagram is like a highlight reel of your life. It's like the best of the best. It's like sports center. You put the best of the best up there. And if you're, if you're not careful you're going to compare because you're going to see all these other people doing things in life and you're going to be like, oh, that's great. Look at that vacation and oh, look at this. And oh, look at these people are on date nights. And what, what you don't realize is, yeah, they're having date night, but the other night they were having fight night at home. And but all you're seeing is the date night. You're not seeing the fight night the night before with their spouse. And if you're not careful comparison will just rip your joy apart. Don't compare joy. I can't focus on me if I'm focusing on everyone around me. It's not about God's presence. And you might say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You just said it's not about God's presence. No, listen, hear me out. It's not about God's presence. He's always present in your life. He's never leaving. He's always there. He's everywhere. It's not about God's presence. It's about yours. Are you present? Are you present in your prayer life? Are you present in your soap time? Are you present during worship? And are you present in your community? See, if you're not going to wear Jesus on your face, then get him off your bumper. Because people are looking for Jesus and they're looking for joy. And if they're not going to find it on your face, they're going to go looking in the bar. They're going to go looking in the club looking for joy because people genuinely want joy. And they're in search of it. But if they can't find it on their face, they're going to go searching somewhere else. So have joy on your face, no matter where you go. Amen? Where joy comes from determines when it runs out. If your joy comes from feelings and people and, and your boss and your kids and and your money and all that, if that's where your joy comes from, if your joy comes from your spouse and your parents it's going to run out because people disappoint. We're all human. But when your joy comes from God, it'll never run out. 
your joy will continue to last because there is a well that never runs dry. In Isaiah 58, 11, it says, the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose water never runs, whose, whose water never fails. See, when you have God in your life, he will never run dry on you. There'll always be more joy. There'll always be more. In John 4, I'm going to paraphrase the story. This is the 2020 version. No one has ever heard this version before, so you are the very first people to hear this version of John 4, the 2020 version. Here we go. It says, Jesus was tired and thirsty, and it was Sunday, so Chick-fil-A was closed. So he went to this well and got a drink of water to rest. While he was there, a woman came to get water as well. Jesus asked her to get him a drink. She said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Jews don't talk to us. Jesus said to her, do you know who I am? The woman said, no. Where do you expect to get this living water from you speak of? Jesus says, everyone who drinks this water in this well will still thirst. But if you drink from me, they will never thirst. The woman says, cool, I'm in. See, I believe in this world, the world is like this woman who is desperately searching for a joy that never runs out. And it's right in front of them. But somehow they still can't find it. That's where we come in. We are going to be the ones that point people to joy. Because what's inside of us will spill out of us. If you got doubt in you, if you got negativity in you, it's going to spill out. But if you got joy inside of you, if you got happiness inside of you, if you got a smile on your face, that's what's going to spill out. And that's why it says in the Bible to be disciples, because as we disciple people and as we reach out to people and as we love people, we're going to spill out over them. And it's going to get messy, but it's going to get all over the people. So what are you going to get all over people? Are you going to get joy over them or are you going to get negativity and complaining over them? They're looking for joy. A lot of people are trying to find joy, but they're looking in the wrong places and they settle for happiness. See, happiness is different than joy. Happiness is dictated by circumstances. Happiness comes and goes, but joy is unmovable. The third thing I want you to write down is this. Joy has to be in front of us, not behind us. Joy has to be in front of us, not behind us. Hebrews 12.2 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It literally says, for the joy set before him. So the very thing that kept Jesus on the cross was the joy that was set before him. And he had his eyes fixed on the prize. He had his eyes fixed on the joy that was to come. He had all sorts of things, thoughts probably run through his head. I don't want to do this. This is going to be painful. But the joy got him through. If you're going through something this morning, if you're going through something this week, just know to keep your eyes on the prize and say, there is joy in front of me. There is joy in front of me. And if he's done it before, he can do it again. Amen? We can't focus on past joy or past success. 
We need to focus on the fact that Jesus always has more in store for us as we seek him. We try to find joy in money, people, relationships, jobs, materialistic things, but our feelings keep changing because nothing is solid enough to fix our focus on. But when we focus on Jesus, he's unshakable. He's unmovable. When you come across a storm, you need to drop your anchor in the water and say, no matter what happens, I'm going to stand here. It could be raining. It could be pouring. The water could be coming, but I am going to stand firm. I am going to hold true to the word and the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I might feel down. I might feel out, but I am going to hang on to the promises of God because his promises are yes and amen. His promises are true. They were true yesterday. They are true today and they are true forevermore. Hang on to the promises of God. Focus on the future and what's ahead. Do farmers focus on past crops or do they focus on the future and put their, all their time and energy on the future and what's ahead? They focus on what's ahead. What's this year going to bring? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. When you plant something, the seed grows. I think oftentimes we want joy, but we haven't planted a seed yet. And we cry out to God saying, God, why haven't I gotten joy? And he says, you haven't even planted the seed yet. Come on, plant the seed. You can't expect joy in your life if you haven't ever planted a seed. And how often do we pray that? Come on, God, where's my harvest? And he's saying, plant a seed of joy. Show joy to someone. Plant that seed. And what happens after you plant a seed? The roots develop. And oftentimes we cry out to God and we pray and we say, nothing's happening, God. I don't see any results. I don't have joy in my life. But you see, the most important part of the process happens in a place where you can't see it. The longer you're going through a process to get joy where you can't see it, and you can't see the results, the more excited you should be. Because the biggest harvest take the biggest, deepest roots and the longest to grow. Little plants can spring up in a few days, but you can rip them out. But when you want a tree to be planted and it to grow... The seed don't look big. The roots don't show. But something springs forth that lasts for generations. And as you, as you plant the seed and as it grows, your kids are going to get joy because you planted that seed and it's going to grow for generations and your kids are going to have joy and your grandkids are going to have joy and your great-grandkids are going to have joy all because of the seed you planted. But you see, trees don't break through as trees. They break through as twigs. And how often do we walk right on top of our breakthrough because we didn't expect it to be that small? We're walking right on top of our joy and we're saying, God, where's my joy? And he's saying, it's, it's right under your foot. You're stepping on it. See, because we think we're going to wake up in the morning and we're going to say, I love life. It's amazing. And, and nothing's going to get me down. 
and you think your joy is going to be up here where everyone can see it, but your joy might be down here and because it's a seed that you planted and it takes time to grow. And God's saying, I'm going to grow it. I'm going to grow it and it's going to get bigger. But right now it's down here, so don't step on it. Nourish it. Don't step on it. Water it. And as you water it, the seed is going to grow. And as you water it, the roots are going to get stronger. And as you water it, it's going to get higher and higher. And you're going to have more joy in your life and more joy in your life and more joy. And the joy is going to just keep coming because there is a well that never runs dry. So in closing, I believe Jesus is saying this morning, I just want you to live this life that Harry paid for. He already paid for a five-star meal and all we want is the bread. It's time to cut open that steak called joy and dig in. How many people get mean when they're hungry? Come on. You guys aren't that spiritual. Come on, lying is a sin. I know some people, and if they're mad, you got to slide them a hamburger like, here, eat this hamburger and then we'll talk. In the same way, it's hard to be joyful when your spirit is hungry. Get into the word of God. Do your soap. We got a soap sprint coming up. Make sure to do your soap sprint for the next month. And as you do that, watch joy overflow your life as you get into the Word of God. I would challenge everyone in this room to do the soap sprint for the whole month. Have your own worship night at your house. Blast that music and worship away. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. So remember, you are in control of your joy. Do not compare joy. And joy has to be in front of us, not behind us. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for the joy of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, that these are not my words, but your, your words. And we thank you, Lord, that these words that, are, that were spoken today will come into our hearts and will change us. We thank you, Lord, that we can continue to plant seeds of joy. And as we plant these seeds of joy, they will be watered and they will grow. And as they grow, they will get higher and higher. We just pray for more joy in our life, more joy in our work life, more joy in our family life, more joy all around, Lord. We just ask this and pray this in your name. And everyone said,